and godly. You are now tuned in to your favorite co-host. I'm Auntie Mimi. Sola to you there. Hello. And together we are Ghetto and Godly. Sola T is remoting in. She's not feeling well. So we're just trying to get this together here. Give us a second. Bear with us. Sola, can you hear me? I hear her on the phone. But I don't hear her in the feed. Hey, y'all. Can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you all the time. Oh, okay. We just couldn't hear you. Hey! Hey, what's up? (laughs) (laughs) That's what happened. Aww. Lord. You're just not feeling good, huh? I got a temperature. Y'all been trying to put high rags on. I done took medicine. I don't even like taking medicine. This is is not the business. I don't know. Mm. They can have this back. Take it back. <laughs> Take it all the way back. I wasn't trying to come in and breathe on the mic because don't nobody deserve this. Don't nobody deserve this. Mm, well, feel better. Thank you. Thank you. How you been, Mimi? I heard you done got some. Oh, credit. my. What's going on? So I'm sitting in the car, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm getting ready for our new segment that we're introducing, highlighting our black heroes. So. I sit in the car going over my lines and I see a helicopter like circling me, you know, a a ghetto bird, what we we call it, a ghetto bird in the hood, okay? So I see him circling like, all right, they shining the light on me, but that's crazy. I know I ain't do shit, so whatever. He circles back around and shines the light on me again, like, all right, this is nuts. So y'all can see it on my story. I went to Instagram like, this is crazy. Like, I didn't do nothing. Like, making a joke because I'm silly. So two minutes later, a squad car pulls up, parks behind me. Yes, parks behind me, keeps his lights on. I'm like, oh, fuck. Like, I'm trying to FaceTime my husband. Like, I don't fuck with the police. I don't do interactions with the police. I know I didn't do shit. So I'm like, "What what is all this about? So they walk up. He's like, I rolled down my windows because I really, really dark tent. I have my hands up. I said, sir, what do you want me to do? He said, just roll down all your windows. So I rolled down all my windows. I'm like, what is this about? He's like, your car fits the description of a stolen vehicle. Is this your car? I'm like, yeah, this is my car. Like, let me see your license and registration. Like, running my license and registration. But also, like, wait, wait, wait. So for a stolen car, they don't got the license plate number? Girl... I don't believe that shit for one fucking minute, okay? That's I don't. Some that's some straight bullshit, okay? So they back there for about five minutes, run my plates, run my name. I'm just praying to God. You know, everybody be praying to God, like, please don't let me have no warrant. You know, sometimes warrants be popping out of nowhere. Right, please don't <laughs> let shit pop up on that system. So he comes back, like, you're good to go. Like, oh, shit, thank God. Like, I thought I was going to jail for nothing. I just seen straight jail. <laughs> Go straight to jail. We shouldn't even do nothing. I didn't even do nothing. Straight jail. You straight jail. See, that's, but that's some real shit. That intimidation factor is real, especially in our communities. That's yes. crazy. What you were doing at that time, even like mm, minding my business, like really. 
today I'm, I'm still shaking up i'm trying to get this is trauma okay complete That's fucking crazy. trauma okay this is taking away my whole black history fucking joy no i'm just playing <laughs> <laughs> Don't let them steal your joy. They ain't gonna steal my joy, but this is crazy. Shit. But that yeah. Is crazy. <sighs> Damn. That's so crazy. was that your ghetto and godly that moment? That is not my ghetto and godly moment. However, yeah. let's okay. like everything is really like weird shit just been happening to me. Like mm. everything just be I feel like nothing is happening on on accident. Like all this shit is purposeful. I don't know what the purpose was. I don't know if it was for me to share this story with our congregation, but like that, that, that was wild. Um, my ghetto and godly moment though, after all of that, who, let me breathe. Cause I feel like I can't breathe my chest. Yeah, I know breathe. Cause I had to, that's what is scary. Yes. And I already, I had an anxiety attack last night. That was my other ghetto and godly moment, but. Oh my God. <laughs> what's going on? Um, my, Go ghetto, my ghetto and godly moment was, um, I listened to J. Cole, Forest Hill Drive, for like the mm. first time in like a really, really long time. And I don't know about yeah. y'all, but like songs kind of like take me back to the place I was when they when they when they first heard when it. When they came and, out. Yeah, when it first yeah, came yeah. out. So when Forest Hill Drive came out, I was working for um a window film manufacturing company and I got the job off of a temp agency, but like I really moved up in that job and I got a position and, but I was so unhappy in that mm. job. And I would listen to Forest Hill drive for like two months straight driving to work. And wow. just like, it would just make me feel emotional. And I would listen to it at my desk and I would just think about like where I wanted to be and what I wanted to do. And how I didn't know how, but to listen to it now and see that, okay, I'm actually doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm on that path now. It was just, it was just a nostalgic moment for me and it was kind of emotional for me. So that was cool. That was my ghetto and godly moment. I'm glad you kind of one of them. One of the moments. One of them. It sounds like you've been having a few shit. I have. Yeah, that's real. And then my other one was last night. I really had an anxiety attack, y'all. Like, what was it I about? don't know. I have. I'm working on a few different projects, and I was just cleaning up, and. I don't know. I was just like, my mind was just going 20 miles a minute and I just wanted to cry. So I got in the shower and I was like, bitch, you got to cry. Like, stop, mm. stop holding it in. Like you, you kind of yeah. need to like flush this out. And I just got hot and I know what this feels like. Like I've, I've had anxiety attacks before. Right, as right. soon as I got out, like it just like hit me and I just like broke down. And the only person I wanted to talk to was my daddy and mm. I if you guys have listened to the show before like I I am a daddy's girl but me and my dad are building this um we're rebuilding our relationship because he's now sober from alcohol so I just called him and he knew exactly what to say like what's wrong like you don't know what's wrong okay just talk to me just calm down and he prayed with me and I was just mm. so grateful like just to to have that yeah, super beautiful to have my daddy there for me he just you know he didn't judge me he didn't ask any questions he was just like you know just maybe you're just tired <laughs> right <laughs> go get some it's rest breathe. hold on <laughs> drink some milk <laughs> not 
<laughs> not some milk. <laughs> <laughs> that is his answer to a lot of shit. Just drink some milk. <laughs> you two a glass of milk. I'm only not. See, I'm gonna need a cookie. You can keep that glass Ooh, of milk. Not a cookie. <laughs> I don't know how you just drinking a glass of milk. I, first of all, I don't drink milk. He's been subscri- prescribing that for years, and I've never fucking just drank a glass of milk to calm myself down, okay? That does not work for me. <laughs> okay, I'm just making sure because I was over here judging, like, a glass of milk do it for you. Nah, now I know. I'm going to keep the milk on, on just, deck. He just don't know what else to say. He's just a dad. <laughs> but I feel like that makes you laugh at, if nothing else. Yeah. So it's it's the right prescription for sure. It does. What about yours? Do you have any ghetto and golly moments this week? Oh, uh, I just had a moment today, like where I realized, like I've been making some poor choices for myself, mm. um, and really being able to just forgive myself for that and realize, like, that people around me really want me to do well. Like whether I know them personally or if they're just somebody out there praying for people like me. Uh, but really just resetting. I think I had a moment today where I just did something and I wound up having to do some other stuff that I just really didn't want to do. And in that moment, I was able to have some reflection mm. and really just be like, this you, you making these choices. Like, nobody's nobody's making these choices for you. And yes, you feel like you're up against a wall, but like, you have other choices you can make and still be responsible. Like, I think I just had... I checked myself this morning, and so I think that was just a, a really needed and beautiful moment because now it's like, all right, yeah, well, let me just do what the fuck I need to do. Right, so, right. Sometimes we do need to, to check ourselves. Like, yeah, right. and just change, like, I think for me more than anything, it was changing my perspective on things. Like, mm-hmm. I just really felt, I've decided to throw myself pity parties about shit that's not even relevant, so right. it's probably going to be like, no. Nah. Like, if that's not what you want to do, then you have these choices to not have to do this, but now we're here. So right, right. do this shit right this time so you don't have to be in this position again. Right. That self-awareness is everything. Like, yeah. that's the key. That's the life hack is that awareness. And if you can catch that shit before it goes down, yeah. It's, yeah. it's even better. For real. For real. All right. Yeah, well, so what are we talking about today? We are talking about black history. So hey, I'm black, I'm black, I'm black. <laughs> so this season of shows is called Set the Record Straight. So in these shows, we're gonna be setting the record straight on a, a lot of a lot of things, a lot of facts. Maybe what we thought was right wasn't right, setting the record straight on ourselves. So we just setting the record straight, okay? Um, so we're not going to be doing a messy Monday segment for the entire month of February. So we'll be back being messy Aww. in March for February. <laughs> as segment. long as we're coming back to the mess. <laughs> we are. And it's a whole lot of shit to be messy about. I'm like, damn. I can't Girl, even. I was like, damn. It's so <laughs> 21. <laughs> okay. Man. Don't leave it alone until March. We're gonna oh. leave it. We might have to just get on the, uh, you know, oh. can we get on the social media or it's just the no, no messy. No, we can get on social media, but I wanted to keep well, it. Well, we just don't redirect them to Auntie Mimi page. Yeah, we can do that. You know, I'll stay messy. The big shit talker. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so we're going to be highlighting some of our black heroes in history, entertainment, and sports. So we're going to kick it off with, I felt like it was only right to start off with somebody that's been on my mind that I feel like does not get enough recognition in Hollywood mm. or in media, period. So we're going to kick well, Angela it off. Angela Bassett? You know, that's auntie all day long. But okay, okay, okay. we're going to get to her. Um, we're going to kick it off with the 
Keenan Ivory Wayans. Oh, that's a good ass one. Yes, yes. That's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> give us some facts, maybe. Go ahead, give us some I facts. I am, girl. <laughs> so, Keenan Ivory Wayans was born on June 8th, 1958, in Harlem, New York. Of course, he was the oldest of 10 kids. We're all familiar with the Wayans family. He attended Tuskegee University University, and later um, made his prominence in Hollywood with In Living Color. From, <laughs> mm-hmm. As creator of In Living Color, we're not going to, you know, we're not going to shortchange him on that. Um, from there, he went on to create films such as I'm Gonna Get You Sucker, Low Down Dirty Shame, Scary Movie, Little Man, and the list goes on and on and on. So... Today on Ghetto and Godly, we salute Keenan Ivory Wayans. Thank you for being a black For real. Girl. That's major. That family, and you know, him to be the driving force of that family. Yes, put like his that's entire the, family the stuff on. that they created is amazing. Yes. And I think I 100% agree with you. Like, that's, that's somebody that. We don't talk about him friend. enough. Like, he's. No. Without Keenan Ivory Wayans and, and Living Color, there would be no Key and Peel. There would be no Chappelle exactly. show. So. We definitely got to pay homage to you. Yeah. All right. So Thank now, you. We- <laughs> Thank you. That was a nice little mix up. I like that. Thank you. Hey. <laughs> 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 so now we're going to get into our show. It's all about black history and our experiences in black history. So, Sola. What did black history month mean to you growing up in Minnesota? Oh, you had to throw that in the soil <laughs> and be like, we didn't know about black history. What you trying to say? No, see? I'm, that's no, not see, at all. See, that see. Was, no, I'm just saying. That was I'm not shade. Um, like so for me, it. black history, my mom has, my family has always been really um, big on making sure that, I'm, that I knew about black history, whether that just be here in America, in the United States of America, as well as globally. So I was always in programs that made sure, like, that highlighted that to, to supplement my education. But I think I, I think even in my education system, a lot of that was was integrated. I think more so than a lot of other people. Um, but it was also Black History Month was just the time where we we really go in. Yeah. But I think throughout the year it was still. I wasn't growing up in a household like we didn't talk about it until Black History Month grew, rolled around. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but it was also paying homage to you know the fact that Black History Month is something that was started and something that we had to fight for. Because I know I hear a lot of people say, well, like, it's 365, but yeah, well, we still need to honor the month, though, right, from right. my perspective, because 365, is, yes, we need to be supporting Black businesses. Yes, we need to be talking about, you know, our ancestors and those who are currently, you know, paving innovative ways for us to be happy and successful, but um, specifically, I think it, it's good to take that time to be really extremely intentional about it. So right. um, Black History has always pretty much been a part of my fabric. I agree. Um, I don't think my family stressed Black History Month enough, but mm. I did get it a lot from school. Um, it was always, of course, a report. It was always the Black History Parade, the Martin Luther King Parade. I was always involved in something as far as Black History. Um, but I can't say, like, my dad, he made sure that I was exposed to Black and black media like we were always watching mm. some black film like I guess that was his teaching you know his way so just teaching you know just 
black movies, Crooklyn, um, yeah. like sitcoms, just making sure that black was art is real. Yeah, exactly. That's a real thing. And I think, too, especially with mainstream media, it's easy to miss that if you're not intentional about it. You know what I mean? I grew up where, like, I, even now, like, I prefer black film, black television shows. Like, I'm very intentional about watching. I watch some mainstream things, but most likely if you turn on my TV, it's going to be on some black programming. Something black. And I've, I've always been very, yeah, I've always been very intentional because I, that was the spaces where I see myself more, and I think, the things that you surround yourself with, yes, you need that diversity. But if you're not seeing yourself in anything that you're watching, I think that's a very dangerous space to be in. Mm, absolutely. Absolutely. So, like, what are some black traditions that you practice? I know we kind of touched on it a little bit, but were there any, like, traditions? To me, I think, like, get-together. Like, I think that is something between the black. I think other cultures have it, but just like i don't know like and it could be considered stereotypical because you know stereotypical stereotypes are based in truth it's just exaggerated truth but you know like when you go to a black gathering mm-hmm. and it's like when there's no bs like when you just at a family yes. or like you over somebody's house to play cards i had experienced those a lot like there was always dinner. some shit going on we was always the kids that had to leave because my mama done turned up on somebody so yeah. <laughs> Oh, y'all got to go. Get the shit now. We got to sue kids. Gather your kids and go. <laughs> that's real, but I think that that's something that's pivotal to me. Just because you get into the spaces. Like, I went over to somebody's house yesterday, and it was just like the mom and law had brought all the food together. It was somebody in the kitchen cleaning up. It ain't her house, but she cleaning up. They playing oh, dominoes right. over here. Somebody out, you know, it's a smoke break outside. The kids don't in the in the room with a fourteen year old babysitter yes. that's talking on the phone to their boo thing. Like <laughs> it's just there's certain things about a space where black people gather that I just think is beautiful. Is beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I think that even across globally across like I've been to different people's house, but I think is there's a consistency, I don't know I'll call it magic, but there's a consistency that is just beautiful in the black family in the black arena um i think black women gathering that's something that was big for me because i didn't have a lot of males growing up in my family like a male presence mm-hmm. uh around so like just stuff like seeing black women be girlfriends mm-hmm. you know what i mean like in real life mm-hmm. whether that be my grandma or my mom like those are things that i really really appreciate about black culture historically because these are things that have been happening for years right that's dope. I didn't really appreciate it as a kid um, growing up, but seeing, like, going back to California, like, seeing my aunts on my father's side and all, like, I have aunties. Like, I got real aunties yeah. that are very, very close-knit and can have a good time, and they all have completely separate personalities and just hanging out in the hotel room on, on the bed and just chilling. Like, that, to me, like, that was everything. Like, to see black women in one space, related and ain't no shit like that was just this is this is dope i should have been around y'all more often (laughs) Mm -hmm. and i think that that's that's the truth is like i think there's a lot of things that we grow up in you know stereotypes that we hear about black culture like you know it's always somebody fighting somebody Mm -hmm. arguing but in those experiences there's so much more and it really teaches you how to relate to people it really teaches you to how to love on people in different ways because uh, historically we haven't always had these 
you know, extravagant venues to be able to gather. So really, all we need is a card table, somebody living room, mm-hmm. and, and a bottle, or you know, somebody a little food, bit of food, some chicken. You, gonna, you know, what I mean, just some, something to get together. And I think that that is beautiful. Yeah. Just to be in each other's presence is beautiful. Just to talk, talk shit, or just you know, uplift, celebrate so and so who on honor, whatever it is. Like I think that that's a beautiful thing. It is. So, did you look forward to Black History Month? Was it like, oh yeah, February, January touchdown? Okay, February rolling around. It's about to get real black in Minnesota. It's That's about good. to get real black. <laughs> if you keep sliding that Minnesota, I think I don't know. I did. Um, I think it went because there's just so much more programming that's geared towards being created by us. Mm-hmm. So that's why I've always enjoyed it more. I, I would say, like this year, I've just kind of been in a different space with myself, so I, I haven't been intentional about necessarily attending those events, which, you know, I got I looked earlier like, okay, I'm going to need you to go to this. Um, I'm going to need to go receive the blessings of these people and what they're putting on. But I think that's the reason why I do look forward to it is because there's actually space, content, and budget provided for us to be us. Yeah. When throughout the rest of the year, that's usually not what we're going to see. And that's the part about it that I do understand when people say, we, you know, we need to be celebrating this 365 because we still need to get this funding you know, spread throughout the year. Juneteenth was also a time that I looked forward to as a kid. Um, since moving to Las Vegas, it's not as big of a celebration here. Or even just out of the county because you don't know what it is more than in, in Minnesota, which is kind of wild to me. Um, but there, those are those kind of, I think, Black History Month, Juneteenth, um, uh, MLK Day. Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely MLK things Day. That I look forward to. I think yeah. those I look forward to because I would see more black leaders out. I would see mm-hmm. more people doing things that we kind of just naturally align to do or even learning about different cultures within the black community, not just American. So. Mm-hmm. I look forward to it. I was more like, okay, we're going to be in the parade in the drill team or attending the parade. We're going to get a new outfit for the black history parade. Going <laughs> <laughs> to get a new outfit. And that's, you know, what's crazy is I think that like now we shouldn't take that away, but those are the spaces where we yeah. should focus on building black commerce. You know what I mean? Because yeah. that's what's getting our beauticians, our makeup artists. So we can't take that away, but where are the black businesses where we can say, no, go get your outfit from there. Right. Cause then we are economically empowering something that could you know on the surface look commercialized or you know look like capitalism if we're just giving money to these big big names that's true Mm. so there's some traditions that you practice today with black history month or trying to Um, incorporate with black history month I like to have at least one soul food meal, but I eat soul food and try to support soul food restaurants year-round. But I think I would be remiss if I didn't go to an establishment that would serve some soul food or, you know, have a cookout. Maybe we need to have you some fried fish. I know, girl. You were so mad. Like, I swear to God, I'm not frying fish. Like, I went (laughs) to Seafood City. Yeah. (laughs) Mimi was at Seafood City in the bottom fish. But you in Seafood City, that's what I saw first. And I was like, I know we ain't having no fish fry with I wouldn't do that, love. <laughs> so I'm talking about like a whole a whole meal. You know what I mean? I like, know you I think that's fry what I fish. Yeah. I'm going to fry you some fish, okay? So you yeah, can. Thank you. Thank you. Maybe we can do that. Maybe we can have an impromptu Black History Month. That would be we can, cool. you know, get some, some other, other delectables for the soul going on. 
food for the soul. I try to be more black in February. If that if that is even at all possible. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna be unapologetically black, and I think it's. But you know what? I think it's a good reminder for that. Yeah. Because a lot of us enter spaces where we feel that we have to code switch or we have to, you know, be black to light. Um, and I think Black History Month is kind of also a thing that other people are like, okay, y'all, here they for the time. They right, coming. Right. No, I, I used to feel like, okay, I have to be hush-hush about, you know, my blackness. But now, I mean, in the space that I work at now, like, I am just who I am. Of course, I'm, yeah. you know, I have to deliver a certain level of customer service. But I'm, I feel like I'm so blessed because I can still be me and I feel like people exactly. get me and people gravitate towards that like okay I'm just I'm not just yeah. coming to you for your service like I actually like your personality like that's that's exactly I'm coming to you yeah. exactly so I don't I don't really feel that need to code switch anymore um I do try to watch black movies more I've I've been saying for the past few years like I'm just gonna sit my ass down and watch Roots because I've never seen Roots like oh. all the way all the way through. Don't Ooh. look at me like that, yeah. Carice. If you sit well, your ass down and watch Roots <laughs> all the way through, <laughs> I have not. Well, okay, you a little bit blacker than me. Okay, I have not. <laughs> that is a long ass movie. <laughs> but it's good. I think you know what. Also, you know what I do every Black History Month too. Like, and I, I do, I watch the classics, too, to get them, some, you know, some those royalties flowing yes. in, too. <laughs> because, like, the color purple. Yes. Um, what's love got to do with it? Have you seen Claudine? Yes. Claudine. Claudine. Yes, yes, yes. I was like, wait, no. <laughs> <laughs> you seen Claudine? Oh, okay, you better have. If you watch Roots okay. all the way I know you ain't talking about <laughs> and you ain't watch Roots all the way through now. <laughs> Down. Which one isn't it? Two roots, like the series. Is it all the series? Hello. Is, it, is roots all? Oh, I was talking to Eva. <laughs> she said goodbye to me. <laughs> <laughs> is it all the series or is it a movie too? Never mind. What, girl? You're gonna confuse everybody. Is it a? It's a series, it's right? A- it's a series. It's a television miniseries. Okay. Okay. Never mind. Lord have mercy. Okay. Well, I'm going to sit. Mercy. I'm going to sit my black. Well, I just looked it up. It's on TV on Sundance. If you got that channel. Okay. Starting on uh, Sunday the 10th. They go on uh, from the episode one at 11 a.m. Yeah. Okay. Oh, well, I'm going to record you got, it. You got, go ahead and record it. You know what? Movies like that. I just, I just don't want them to make but me see, even more angry. Also, to me, like you have to build safe spaces around movies like that. Like yeah. you got to kind of have a couple of days, at least a day, where you're not gonna maybe run into nobody. White, yeah. you know. I for think real. that's for me. Like, to be honest and true, my that's mom always real. taught me that. Like, when you watching these films, like, don't watch it on Sunday. Watch it on Friday. Yeah. Give yourself some time so you're not forced into certain interaction. I think you know, based off of your your work situation, you have some leeway, some flexibility, but really, it brings up a lot of stuff. It does. That so you got mm-hmm. to be able to process that mm-hmm. without being triggered too much. Because I'm gonna be triggered. <laughs> I will be triggered. So, do you feel any responsibilities as a black woman to yourself or others? Like responsibilities with celebrating yeah. black history, or like, do I feel responsibility to other black women? Hell yeah. yes, mm-hmm. you know this. Hell yes. Well, hey, people don't know. 
I do. I think that's what also what these times are for is to really have conversations. I think one thing I would like to see inserted into Black History Month, um, and that's something that I, I didn't mention that I like to do. I like to go to some type of lecture for Black History Month because uh, I think it's also important. This is a time to like also focus on knowledge and understanding and innovation of where these conversations are going with our youth, with our you know our people who are in college and, and studying, or kind of or those who are young professionals transitioning. Um, I think that that's really important, but um, I definitely feel responsibility to black, the black community as a whole. I'm a womanist, and I identify with this, this really something similar to a feminist, really uplifting the black community and the black family as one, including black women, black men, and black children. So um, a lot of the stuff that I do in my work is, is for it and focused on that. I agree. Um I feel like I'm like the poster child for like doing shit all out of order, like mm. per se, because I grew up in the inner city and I grew up where you either, you know, just got a, got a job and, you know, worked for the city or the government or the county and had some kids and, you know, either got married or, you know, just lived this very conventional life. And, yeah, you know, I'm a black girl from that from that time and it's like oh, I'm not going to do that that way and yeah this shit don't make sense to a lot of people it may not make sense to you but it makes a maybe not make sense to me but this is how I'm going to do it so I feel exactly. like I, I live my life like trying to be an example unconsciously trying to be an example to young black girls and just just do things on your own terms like it may not make a whole lot of sense but just live live your life and do what do what satisfies you so yeah. I think to me, like a part of what that responsibility looks like is to live authentically and grow. I think that's where I try to put my focus is like I have to work to show up as myself because mm-hmm. it's not about somebody doing what I do. It's about showing them that you can show up as yourself, but also that requires you to grow and for you to learn and for you to absorb and for you to seek understanding and not just do shit because you were told to do it right, right. Um, or because you saw somebody else do it really just be able to explore yourself is what I feel like my responsibility to my community is. Absolutely. And I just feel like a lot of black girls, we grow up, I was just watching Ayala too. And did you watch it? Girl, what? Were you watching the episode with the mom who had lied? Yes. 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 And that was so sad. And it was so disturbing. It was so, it was on many, many levels, but I feel like that happens a lot in black families and we, you know, molestation and rape and, you know, swept under the rugs and this black girls growing up being, you know, over-sexualized and doing things, you know, having sex early, having babies early. It's like, this is really going on. So I try, I try not to lead with, like sex or being like over sexualizing myself and just like, you know, just be who you are and just See, I don't know if that's the I don't know if that's always the <laughs> either. Because I think that's what I would like to see the conversation transition into. Okay, we we're talking about molestation, we're talking about these things. That also a lot of that stems from a lack of a conversation around pleasure, about knowing your body. Because sex isn't bad. It's not in and of itself. But that's where I think that's where we come from. Like, okay, well, now I'm trying to dress this way to prove this. No, we have to talk about the whole conversation and what pleasure means. And I, if I enjoy wearing this, 
what that actually means. It doesn't mean that I'm inviting somebody to do these things, but understanding the context that we live in, these are things that can happen. So these are the things we need to be aware of. I would love to see Black History conversations, more conversations about sexuality. I think that's, that would be a that, great direction for Black History Month conversations to go in. That is true, but I guess what I'm saying is that, so if, if for example, if you have a two Black girls and mm-hmm. one is and we're talking we're being real one is light-skinned and she's always been being told you're so pretty you know you're so mm-hmm. cute like she's to where i come from a lot of girls rest on that and yeah. it's like they just lead with their bodies they lead with their looks and they don't dig deeper and go into anything else so just like you just become this sex like i'm just a, selling sex to get what I want because I know that that's going to make the next person happy or that's what they want to see. So I think that's, that's what I'm trying to say. No, I get that. I think again, that just goes back to opening the conversation because I don't think we're opening the conversation. We're just trying to prescribe something for it, but we don't know like what are the, all the pieces of that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because sex work is a real space. Like maybe they need, maybe sex work is to them, but maybe the mentality that they're going into that with maybe not the healthiest. Which a lot of times it's so not. We yes. sit on the table and have a conversation about it. Right. Which a lot of times it's not. If that's your, you started sex work at 16, 17 years old, then you never even gave yourself a chance to do anything else. Like you just. Right, right. No, I feel which, that. which is I a story for a lot of young girls especially in las vegas especially yeah. you know if they see okay i want to have a nice car i want to have a nice house i want to wear nice clothes and this is what i have to do to get it. and it's like no there's you can you can do more a young black girl like there's more for you it's going to be harder exactly. but you right. can, you know you can achieve that or is it going to be hard i think but that i think we're saying the same thing is like to have the conversation mm-hmm. and not just Cause I can't just cover up and say like I have healthy images of my body or healthy practices with relationships with men just because I'm covered. No, no. Yeah, oh, that's true. Because I know too, people yeah. who are not technically over sexualized by stereotypes, but they probably are in a much more dangerous space with themselves and how they interact with men yeah, or you know the true. opposite or whatever it is that they're attracting. So I think that's why. It's important that we put that shit on the table Mm -hmm. because there's so many different ways that this can look that we have to figure out, well, what is at the root of this? Is it insecurity? Is it it molestation? Is it a a, a combination of these things? But really talking about it and getting people to be able to use their voice to talk about it because that's another thing. Uh, I think, you know, with us having the, you know, transition from the podcast and having the radio show, that's something that I hope is, is to leave the impression that you can use your own voice to tell your story. And even if you don't know exactly where to begin, sometimes you got to just start talking. Yeah. And finding your voice is in- incredibly important to the experience of life. That is so true. Now, have you ever experienced racism? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, duh, black in America. Yeah, systemic <laughs> and, you know, I have prejudice and a lot of stuff because I also don't believe so. Uh, uh, there's a book uh, by Dr. Beverly Tatum, who is the former Spelman, um, excuse me, uh, president. Um, but it's called Why Do All the Black Kids Sit Together at the Lunch Table or in the Cafeteria, mm. something like that. Mm. Um, and it's one of my favorite books. And I think when we talk about racism, we definitely have to talk about definitions of what people are, what context is coming in. So I prescribe to the belief that 
um, people of color cannot be racist because racism is a system of advantages. And so based on that, you know, people of color can be prejudiced, but not racist because I believe in racism as a systemic thing. Um, so because of that, absolutely, through school systems, through housing, through all sorts of things, I believe I've experienced racism because the system is not actually there. I'm not, in, in some ways, I do have to be honest because I'm an educated black woman in certain arenas and I grew up with certain privileges. Um, absolutely, there are some ways where the system, I'm able to navigate it in a slightly different way, but all in all, like, there's even the idea that I would have to feel like I would need to post code switch is a form of racism based mm-hmm. off of how how Other, the corporate culture receives mm-hmm. being professional mm-hmm. and being you know being mm-hmm. professionalism and all of that so i definitely have experienced i've also experienced people saying some crazy shit so like i don't you know i've experienced it from multiple angles um yeah but yeah i mean I've, that was a, a no-brainer like of course you know we've but I don't think it isn't really like a no-brainer because I think, I think I it is whether you're aware of it or not. Yeah, I think it's that some form or fashion, Absolutely. like you've experienced like it somehow. Somebody, I've asked people before and they tell me no, and I'm like, okay, well, yeah, that's okay. your experience, but that is not true based off of how our society is. So, all right. Yeah, I've experienced it in work. Um, trying to buy a home, like we went through this. I think I told this story, went through a, a company assistance program and this Oh yeah, you did tell me this that. guy, like we would have everything and like he just would not get us approved and it was like no answers for it. Like, well like what else do you want us to do? Like the credit's there, the money's there, you have all the documents, like what else is there? Then years mm-hmm. later we got a letter in the mail saying that this guy was terminated because he wasn't extending equal opportunities so it's like well uh-huh. like that's crazy like I was in I was in the ninth I was in the 10th grade I, yeah the 10th grade when I was called the n-word on the cat bus here in Las Vegas and mm. it was a hot um September day I was <laughs> catching <laughs> hot okay I was catching the the city bus from Henderson to um las vegas high school which is like the east side and it was me and my friend and we just wanted like wanted to go to the football game to las vegas football game so we were catching the bus like three buses we was determined as fuck and we were catching the bus and the bus was so crowded and it was this white guy on the bus and he had like a one of those igloo like coolers and he put the cooler in the way so like neither one of us could sit down we were walking to the back to sit down so we were like walking oh. past him like okay we're well, gonna sit by you all ass anyway so um he was like yeah and niggers to the back niggers to the back and i was like oh. at that time i had a lot of anger <laughs> i was like was you a different person maybe <laughs> you was in a different chapter <laughs> I had a lot of anger and like I was trying to fight him and my friend was like busted out crying like bitch what are you crying for like we could fight him <laughs> we could fight oh lord I'm we laughing but, but that was it was that was the traumatic experience like I didn't do anything to this man like he just you know just didn't like black folks I guess like and um the second time was in school I went to a predominantly white school in the ninth grade. 
which was like a culture shock, like going from like California where everybody like kind of mixed in with each other and going from going to like a, a all white, like preppy white school. And this guy mm-hmm. in, in class, like just called me the N word. And like I said, I had a lot of anger back then. I threw a chair at him and um, I got suspended and he got nothing. So I started to oh, wow. learn early, like this system is, is set up for you, sis. And you can't react like this because you're going to go to jail. Mm-hmm. And there, yeah, and, they, and young Paul they, is gonna walk free because and he, they're gonna press charges and they're gonna press charges. So you can't this anger. You have to get a hold of it because this is not gonna be the last time. So yeah, I definitely I grew up with my great grandma. So like I think oh, really early on they kind of had conversations with me around like words and things that people would say versus like how shit isn't set up for certain yeah. people. I don't think like I'm not cool with it you know what you calling me I'm not cool with none of that I'm, I'm gonna let you know like if you say it to me I just don't kind of no I'm gonna need you to chill um like the ER word or like nigga yeah. nigga I'm talking about oh, okay but I'm not gonna fight nobody if they call me a nigga either that's mm-hmm. just not me I'm just not a violent person so I would just nah mm nah especially at this age like you just trying to get some attention. Um, I mean, at this, I don't know. Like, it hasn't happened in years. Like, hopefully, like, it doesn't get to that point. But I don't think I would try to, Well, hopefully to, like, we I, not tested you. Yeah, tested hopefully. You I, don't, I don't think I would, because I know what that is. And I know what climate we're living in. And I know, yeah. you know, what's, you know what it is. So, we're not, mm, no, nah, it's not worth it. There's nothing I need to prove to you. Uh, that's how I approach it. It's like, we both know it's not okay. We both know what you're doing. So like, what, what more am I going? I'm not going to participate with you. Yeah, that's how I think of it. But I definitely, I don't disagree with other people who take different stances. I just know personally, that's not. No, nah, it would blo- like it. It would not make my day. I would be upset, but it's not. We not gonna. No. Mm-mm. Yeah, I don't think I would go to jail behind a. Uh, fuck no not yeah. you saying no shit no, no. no you put your hands that. on you know like then we talking different things but like you calling me a nigger yeah no definitely not going to jail because that's what you want me to do that's exactly what you want and yeah. we don't need and to me like i believe like i believe honestly like rather than pour so much energy back in you i believe in like working on my community to find us equitable resources i'm not a person that really believes in equality uh i believe in equity and liberation so I don't want you to give us all three books if we're already starting off in different. If somebody, if Susie got five books and you giving me three to be like, okay, well now we're, you know, we're making it equal. No, equitable. If Susie has five, I'm gonna need you to give me two, right. and don't give Susie none. You know right, what I mean? Or right. if you, you know what I mean? Like I think those are the things that. And liberation is okay. Well, do we need these books? Like how how can we make sure that these playing fields are level? I rather spend time. I think that the the better work is for it there than to be combating. Um, you know, people on a, you know, racism on a personal level. Mm-hmm. I think there's absolutely ways that we can stand our ground, but I think attacking the systemic, the systemic, um, you know, effects is definitely more empowering. Yeah. Because if you can't go buy a house over there, I'm more, I'm more concerned of why we can't have houses over there than you calling me the N word, right. to be honest. Right. You're right. Yeah, it starts at, I think it starts at home first and foremost. Like we got to teach our kids because the school system is going to teach them one thing and we need to make sure we're instilling into our children, you know, what 
being black in America really means and why you have to be excel even more than the yeah. next person because you are black. So you don't have that advantage. And I think sometimes like I, I get that reality and I get that context of the conversation, but I do think sometimes like it can become problematic if 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 not also counterbalanced with be you, that's being black. As long as Amanda Steele says something like, as long as you're not doing something anti-black or saying something anti-black, then you're like, you're black, you're being black. Like that is the definition because there is a diversity within us that unless it's against black people and you are, you know, of a certain, you know, and you're black, you identify as black in that way. Like, then how the fuck, you know what I mean? Like how You gotta say that. You can't say that because you can't say identify as black because we got the Rachel Dolas off. Okay. If you black. <laughs> but I think, but that's what I mean. Like identify as, but, 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 no, but no, I have to say identify to the extent in that. Yes, that does open realms for certain shit, but biracial, but they can choose to identify as black. And as long as you're not doing something anti-black, I do believe that that applies. Like they can also identify as biracial. I think, identifying because racial is races race is a social construct it's hard to have these conversations and be concrete on too many things hmm. because yes black so, you know back in the day one drop makes you black but like what does that technically mean to be black in 2019 oh i think that is there a certain you know blood type that we test in if they you know not ideally i know what that means but i think it's it's hard because there's not a way, uh, there's not a specific way that a black person can act either. And I think that's why we have to be careful with, you know, saying certain things. I think we have to provide a context of the world that we live in, but it's not that all black people don't have good skills. Even like we're talking about, like that's a personal experience for me. Like no, a lot of people I, would say that my maternal side, like I didn't grow up in a traditionally black family. A lot of people would identify as that. And that's, that's their perception of it. But it doesn't make me feel like I was any less black. And it should. And I think when you say you identify as black, I think your your heritage, your roots, should trace back to somewhere. But I also identify, and I take pride in identifying as black. And yes, there's, there's some things because of my hair, my hair texture, my skin color. Yes, I'm, my roots are black as well. But also thinking about it, like I'm black in a global sense. Because mm-hmm. you know what I mean, so I mm-hmm. think there's there's different there's different aspects to it that we have to acknowledge on the table. I agree. Now, when did you last question? When did you learn that black was a privilege? Because it's a privilege to be. I black. think I was very early, very early. I've always been like I don't think I've ever not wanted to be black or ever been like I wish. And I went to white schools. I went to a variety of different schools and programs. And I don't think there was, I don't ever remember a moment where like, man, being black is really too burdening for me. Like the pluses ain't, you know, balancing out with the, the cons. Mm-hmm. I think I always kind of looked at it as a privilege, especially when I look at the art and the beauty and the talent and the gifts and the knowledge that, and the things that we fucking, the things that we created and invented, like how would it not be a privilege? True. I think I learned later on, like I didn't want to be any other race besides black, but to really learn that black was, it's a privilege. I think I learned when I just, I was an adult and I just sat back and was like, it's a reason why, like we're so disliked. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's a reason why it's because we're great. We're magical. We 
we it's are the cho- we are the chosen people so let me let me start to embrace that just a little bit more so yeah. i think i'm a big on like be proud of who you are i think oh my overall message is be proud of who you are but also know that that also can come with some shit yeah because like i believe like i believe people are, are are great but i also believe everybody ain't shit so mm-hmm. i think that's the way I like to there's be le- there's different like, levels to ain't shitness <laughs> yeah and it's and there's difficult different and, and there's other other things that tie you know other variables because I'm a black woman so that's a different experience than a black man or even a black girl versus a black woman who grew up and you know who worked in a certain atmosphere and made a certain amount of money like all of those things factor into your experience mm-hmm. so just be you what do you say be you love you and do you be you do you and love you <laughs> in a yeah. black way though <laughs> exactly the blackest way possible <laughs> yes. unless Mimi said you not your roots not from black you listen you can't yeah. just say identify as black because the, now the the lines are just so blurred these days and you got asian you got white middle-aged men identifying as asians like we, we gotta we gotta be really really clear about this we got the rachel dollars off like you can't you may you may like the blackness and the culture and you love what that comes with the good shit but you are not black like let's be very very clear so gotta trace back the roots to the old That's country another, um, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to do some like dna testing and have i know i've been wanting to do that 23 is me yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, this was a good. I think this was a good beginning of the conversation. I'm excited to set the record straight about a couple of things. But I think, you know, all in all, the more of the story is we black, y'all. We I'm black. black, y'all. I'm black, y'all. And I'm proud. <laughs> and we brilliant. Yes. And be you, whatever that blackness means to you, as long as Mimi inserts herself and says, as long as your roots is black. <laughs> Black and highly favored, okay? <laughs> well, we want to thank y'all for tuning in to this week's episode of Ghetto and Godly. Be sure to tune in every Monday from 6 to 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on the Hot 702.5 FM. Keep the conversations going with your favorite co-hosts, Auntie Mimi and Solo In the meantime, be you, love you, and do you. The Ghetto and Godly way. Bye, y'all. Bye.